And Father, we thank you that we have all been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll start out with uh, the deacons, which would be um, Deacon Newton, then Brother Willie, and who else was it? Um, Kim, who was Athelia, and Brother Hayes. And if we move along quickly, we still got other people that's sitting out there that we'll call up. Amen. Um, we start out on the outer courts, and, the, and on the outer courts, the people were separated from God. And so entering into the temple, um, the priests first they entered into the gates, into the gate. And as they went through the gate, then they come to the altar of uh, sacrifice, the grazing altar. And upon that altar, they took, they had animals. Um, there were animals sacrificed. Uh, on behalf of the sins of the people, there was, uh, um, those animals were sacrificed on their behalf. So, um, as they took those animals and they laid them across the altar and they slit their neck from side to side, then we were recognizing that that should have been me. You know, it should have been them. And so, and then you know, the blood was sprinkled. Uh, the blood was also sprinkled across the altar. And and then after leaving there, they come to the uh, they come to the basin, the basin. basin. And in that bathing, you know, it was brass, polished brass, shiny, and or water. And they went in there. They went there and they washed their hands and their feet. And uh, they also, when you look in that bathing, you know, you could see yourself. It like it was like a mirror. And then after they left that bathing, uh, um, went to the next. Next came the um, lampstands. Okay, a branch um, lampstands. There was like uh, seven candles. And then three on each side and one in the middle. The one in the middle represented Jesus. And also in there was the table of showbread. And uh, showbread, showbread. Anyway, it was 12 loaves set, six on each side. And the priests, they eat that. Um, they eat that bread daily because it represented unity. And then there was the um, come to the table of incense. And at the table of incense, you know, the, um, um, there was uh, fresh, fresh smelling fragrances. And then it's, and it's this, and it's this incense, these incense that they burned as it went up, it went up before God. And it was like, you know, a sweet smell before the nostrils of God, you know, and, um, and, um, you know, and God, he just, you know, accept, you know, it was just a, a, a pleasant smell before God. All right. And then when we leave there, we go into the most holy place. And when you when they enter into that most holy place, um, there was the Ark of the Covenant there. And in the Ark of the Covenant, there were um, Aaron's rod, which budded, Ten Commandments within there. And also there was a manna there. And upon that and on top of that was the, um, the top of that was the, uh, of the grazing order, uh, was the mercy seat. Okay. And there were two, there were cherubims, two, uh, two angels, two cherubims that guarded that um, Ark of the Covenant, one on each side. And these cherubims, they were, you know, they were just pure gold, solid gold. And upon the mercy seat sat Jesus Christ. And Jesus, 
blood was, was shed upon that seat for us, you know, and, you know, grace and mercy, knowing the pardon of, of our, in other words, the, the final, he was the final sacrifice for us. And then upon Jesus there, there was God. And that's it. Okay, uh, she told on uh, the gate, uh, there at the gate was, uh, it represent Jesus, uh, because Jesus was the only way to God, the Father, in order to get, in order to get to uh, God, you had to go through the gate to uh, get to God, and then after that, uh, there was the outer court, uh, there at the outer court was where they had the curtain, uh, it was made of blue, purple, and uh, scarlet. The uh, blue represented heaven, purple re represented royalty, and the uh, scarlet represented his blood. And also there had to be an offering made. And uh, there at the, uh, at the brazen altar was where they uh, sacrificed the, animal, the animals for the sin of the people. And uh, the sacrifice represented represented Jesus because he was the uh, he was the uh, ultimate sacrifice. And uh, also um, there was um, and next you had the uh, the lever. The lever was it was a, a pot that they used to uh, a pot of water where they used to uh, where the priests used to uh, do to wash their hands. Uh, and their feet. Uh, it was it was made out of uh, made out of brass, uh, and it was like a mirror where they look they could look in it and uh, see uh, see you know see themselves, see their sins, and uh, also um, the hands, them washing their hand that represented uh, the work that they did for God. The feet represented uh, how they walked with God, and. Uh, and also you had um you had the um uh, then uh, next it was the um was the um uh the arc of the uh let's see next was see next was the uh oh, i think it's the the ark of the covenant nope it was um Oh yeah, it was the. Uh, let's see, hold on a minute. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all, give me a minute. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> Next, it was the. Uh, okay, after uh, talked about washing the, the hands and the feet. Uh, next, it was. It was the. Um, uh, the uh, arc of. Uh, oh, it was the. Uh, it was the hold on a minute it was the holy yeah I think it was yeah it was the holy the holy that went into the holy place it was <laughs> yeah they went it they went into the holy place hold on a minute baby I'm gonna tell it 
they went into the show, um, uh, they went into the holy place, and uh, there in the holy place was the uh, the ark of the covenant. No, I'm sorry. And they went into the holy place. There in the holy place was the uh, was the golden uh, candle uh, candle stand, candlestick, and uh, it had uh, seven uh, candles, three on each side, uh, which the three on the side represented the people. The one in the middle represented Jesus, Jesus being the light of the world. And uh, then they had the uh, they had the showbread, the table of showbread. Uh, the table, uh, the, t- the purpose of the table was to hold the showbread. And there uh, it was 12, it was 12 cakes of showbread, six on each side, uh, which represented the uh, children of uh, the 12 tribe of uh, Israel. And then you had the uh, you had the uh, the altar of incense, which represented prayer. And uh, and when the uh, when they would pray, it would be like a sweet smelling aroma going up to the nostril of God. And also, uh, Jesus was there at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the uh, for the people. And also, it it reminded us how we should pray at all times. And then uh, you had the uh, you had the holy of holies, which uh, there was the uh, the ark of the covenant, and and it was uh, uh, inside inside there was uh, inside there there was uh, the pot of uh, manna, and uh, you had Aaron rod which budded, and it was the Ten Commandments. Um, the uh, the manna represented uh, God, how He fed the uh, children of Israel in the wilderness. Uh, Aaron rod represented uh, how God chose Aaron to be the high priest, and the Ten Commandments. Uh, it represented um, it represented um, uh, how uh, how they broke God's law and they broke His covenant. <clears throat> Then you had uh, you had the mercy seat. There was the mercy seat, and uh, the mercy seat is where the priest would have to go in there once a year, sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat, atonement for their sins. And uh, above that mercy seat was where God, where God, uh, God sit at, and uh, it was there where He spoke to Moses. And also, there was the uh, there was the uh, cherubim, uh, and uh, they uh, the uh, mercy seat. Uh, yeah, the mercy seat. It was a cover, and their cherubim was uh, they covered the mercy seat, and uh, they represent the cherubim. They represent uh, protection and the holiness and the righteousness of God. God's pattern for the church, um, we studied how God gave Moses the pattern for the church to, for, actually it was a tabernacle to build a tabernacle, and he asked all the people to come together and bring 
um, different things to build this tabernacle. Um, the tabernacle was built, it came from the people, things like white linen and um, silver, gold, um, bronze. Um, I, what, the reason why I want to say all of that is because it's like a light bulb went off when I was reading because I couldn't help for seeing how God has showed pastor to do it in his pattern to build this church. And um, not just this one, starting from back to first one. He didn't want things to be done man's way. He wanted it to be done his way so he could get the glory. And in the word of God, it talked about how they couldn't use tools where it would show that man did it. It had to be done according to his pattern. And um, he had the, um, the tribes to line up and they had to give an offering. And the offering had to be of no blemish, no spot, anything on it. And um, once they came to the gate, which represent Jesus Christ, they went to the gate with the offering. And they had to know that this was this could have been them for the sins that they committed. But God um, gave them this pattern to be able to be forgiven for them, from. And so they gave it to the priest, and the priest looked upon it to to check for any blemish to make sure it was um, no spot or any kind of blemishes. And once he inspected it and, and realized it was okay um, to be accepted, he took it to the brazen altar. And once he took it to the brazen altar, he um, held it upon its horns, which represent the strength and the power we have in Jesus Christ. And he slid it from his throat from ear to ear. And the blood dripped upon the coals. And um, he was dirty from his hands and his feet being uh, worked, done in the um, outer court. Um, and so he took, I mean, he went to the um, laver where he looked at the bronze, I mean, the laver in the um, bowl, it was clear water. And because of the bronze metal, it was shiny and he could see a reflection of himself. And the word of God is what shows us a reflection of us and the hidden things that's been hidden on the inside of us. And so then, I'm sorry, I skipped a part. At the gate, there was scarlet, there was purple for royalty, and there was blue for the heaven at the first gate because there was three different rooms. And the first gate, he had to go through um, to um, give the altar I mean, the sacrifice to the priest. And then the second gate, I mean, the second veil was also of the same thing, blue, scarlet, and um, purple. And he went through that room, which was the holy place. And to the left was um, a lampstand. A lampstand was made of six candles. And it was of one, made of one piece, which represent we're oneness in God. We're oneness in Christ Jesus. And then it sprung out on each side, um, three candlesticks, and they were lit. They kept the room lit, um, like the word of God keeps us lit. It keeps, it's a light into our path, and we just, anyway. Then he went to the right of the room. There was the, um, show, the table of showbread, and that's where Aaron's, sons and Aaron sat down and they fellowship with one another and that's where I saw that it's so important for us to come 
to church to fellowship with one another for us to get that manner and eat upon it and they had to switch out that manner every seven days it's just like we get a new bread of life every sunday or every saturday whoever goes to church whatever day of the week that you go they had to switch it out every seven days and the everything in the room was made of gold um the candlestick was made of pure gold but the um the table of showbread and the altar of incense was made of gold overlaid and the inside was made of uh, wood which stood for humanity and then they the altar incense from the brazen altar they had to take the coals from the brazen altar and they crushed the um, gold I'm sorry they crushed the um, oils there was special oils that God gave them to use to be able to be burnt so it would go over the veil into the mercy seat and if Aaron's sons didn't do like God said, they would die, and they eventually did. But um, they went through that Nate's gate once that all once that oil was the smoke was gone up over the veil into the mercy seat. Then it was accepted, and um, what was I about to say? Um, oh yeah, that's just like um, that oil represent prayers going up of the saints and um those prayers being accepted by god and um jesus is the one that's interceding now on our behalf for those prayers um from us that's interceding on our behalf and then they went through the nate's veil which was the same thing of scarlet blue and purple they went through it and they were in the holies of holies and there was an altar built of gold and um, of pure gold. And on the top one, on the, on the altar was the Ark of Covenant. And the Ark of Covenant had on the inside of it um, Aaron's rod, which budded, which represented he was God's chosen. Because there were some that felt like they should have been the one. But he showed them by his um rod budding out because it was made with almond and um then it was the um manor it was a pot of manor and a manor represent god provision and even how they um, rejected god's provision and the other thing was the ten commandments which was the law of god and on top of the um mercy was a mercy seat and it was pure gold and the mercy seat the um priest had to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat once a year to cover their sins the ones that they didn't think of which we don't have to do that because god is i mean jesus was that perfect sacrifice and he done it once and for all we don't have to do that and um then they had it had the angels that was on top of the mercy seat that covered it and their cherubims touched and they looked down at the mercy seat and they connected and it showed protection where we're protected and um the other thing is god sits above the mercy seat
God has a, had a plan, and uh, his plan is always the perfect plan. And in Exodus 25, he said, let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them because God wanted to dwell among his people. So when they did it, they had the, on the, when before they, when they put the flags up and everything, I don't want to get nervous, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. On the outside, he had the tribes arranged in certain orders, but they couldn't see inside the tent. So he gave Moses instructions after everybody gave what they gave and um, they brought it all to Moses. And he gave, God gave them instructions on how he wanted the tabernacle to be built. And when he did that, they had, he, the people had, they had let the people know that because of their sins, they were separated from God. And so when they had to stop at the gate, and when they came through the gate, they had to, when they come through the gate, they had to bring a sacrifice. And the way that gate represents Jesus is that we can't come through, get to God unless we go, go through the gate, which Jesus is the gate. Because he said that, there's no way to the Father except by him. So once they got through the gate, they had to bring a perfect sacrifice without spot or blemish. And once they got there, they put the sacrifice on the brazen altar. They put both hands on his head, representing that should have been me. And they're identifying with that sacrifice. And they slit its throat and the blood drips down. And after that, because you know you got blood on your hands and blood on your feet, they go and they wash in the, bra- in the brazen, the laver. And when they wash in the laver, they see themselves because, you know, they wash their hands because they're doing a service for God and their feet because they're walking with God. So when they look in that brazen, in that brazen laver, they can see reflections of themselves to see yourself and to see what's inside of you and how that, well, excuse me, let me back up. How the altar represents Jesus is Jesus is the perfect sacrifice and he gave himself for us. And the labor represents when you see yourself that we go in the word of God and we see ourselves through the word because Jesus is the word. So then after they leave the labor, they go into the holy place. And in the holy place, you have the, um, you have the uh, lampstand. And the lampstand has the six candles on one side and the one in the middle. Um, six, the number of man, seven is Jesus, which is completion. And the priest had to keep, make sure that lampstand stayed lit continually. So they went there in the morning and in the evening to make sure that lampstand was lit. And after you leave the lampstand, they went to the table of showbread and the, they had, um, 12 loaves of bread representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And they would eat that bread every seven days. It had to be made fresh and God even gave them instructions on how to make the bread. So every seven days, the bread was changed out, all right? And so G, that represents that Jesus is the bread of life. He said, I am that bread that came down from heaven. So after they did that with the table of showbread, then they went to the altar of incense. And at the altar of incense, they, there was a certain way they had to make the oils so that it would be a sweet smell and savor unto God. And they got the coals, and they put it up there, and they put the oil. And if they did it the right way. If they offered up strange fires unto God, they would die. But if that fire was accepted, then they would see that smoke and they know, okay, this is acceptable unto God. So after they did that, then they, the, only the high priest could go into the holies of holies once a year to offer up sacrifice for the atoning of the sins for the people only once a year. Did I, let me hold up. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, let me back a little bit. Back up a little bit. Altar of incense, Jesus is our mediator. 
he's always praying and interceding on our behalf. So now you can go into the Holy of Holies, and in the Holy of Holies is the Ark of Covenant. And in the Ark of Covenant, it's made with gold. It's wood, but overlaid with gold. And inside that Ark of Covenant, you have the Ten Commandments, which represents the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. You also have the pot of manna, which is where God made provisions for the children of Israel when they was wandering around in the desert for 40 years. And Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven for us. And you also have Aaron's rod that budded, representing that this is God's chosen. Because other people came up against him because it was like, okay, we can hear God too. But Aaron was the one that God chose for the priesthood. Just like Jesus is the one that God chose. And the rod that budded, the almond tree is always the first that bud. And Jesus is the first fruit from the dead. And then after you get through, that's the contents, then you have the mercy seat, which is pure gold. There's no wood, it's just pure gold. And at the mercy seat, that's where the priest sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat for the atonements of our sins. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus' blood was the, Jesus was the final sacrifice. And his blood is the atonement for all of us and for all of our sins. And that's where God spoke with Moses at the mercy seat, above the mercy seat. And covering the mercy seat, you have the cherubims. And the cherubims are made of pure gold. And they're there for protection. And they're looking down because they're looking at the mercy that God is having on mankind because of the blood of Jesus that's applied to that mercy seat. I start with the out of court. When a, when the uh, people had to atone for their sin, they brought a blood sacrifice. When they brought a, a blood sacrifice, the individual who was bringing it would inspect it and make sure it's not a spot, a wrinkle, that it was good. When they moved toward the gate, uh, the only way to go through that was the people who were righteousness. And when they would go, the priest would take their sacrifice and inspect it and make sure it was pure and didn't have a spot of blemish. Once the priest would check it, he would also take, uh, they would put the, the blood sacrifice on the altar and they would split from ear to ear. And when they split from ear to ear, as the blood flowed down, the priest would take the all correction, the blood, and he was smeared around on the altar and the four horns. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And the uh, altar itself, it represents Jesus Christ, our, our uh, sacrifice. So they say, Jesus himself offered up himself as a blood sacrifice once and for all. There's no other time that we need to have another blood sacrifice. Because Jesus did it all when he came for the past, present, and future. After the uh, blazing altar, the uh, priest would move to the wash basement. The wash basement was called the labor. The labor was overlaid with brass, the foot, and the inside all the way around. But inside the basement, it was shining like a mirror. When the priest went there to uh, 
wash his hands and his feet, he was being sanctified by the word. As he was being sanctified by the word, he, uh, he looked and made sure that he was free of debris, of trash, and anything that would cause him not to get to his next step. And after the, um, the labor, he had the outer veil. When he go through the outer veil, on the south side, you had the golden candlesticks. On the north side, you had the table of showbread. And towards the rear, before you get to the middle veil, you had the altar of incense. The golden candlesticks, they had seven candles. The priest responsible for making sure that the oil was there, making sure that it was lit from morning to noon, or from evening to morning. That was their primary mission. The light itself will represent Jesus, because Jesus is the light of the world. The oil that was in the bowls, it represents the Holy Spirit. And then you had the table of showbread. The table of showbread was on the north side. On the north side where you had the table of showbread, uh, you had 12 cakes. These 12 cakes represent the 12 tribes of Israel. They would stack them up into two rows, six on each side. And then you had the table itself. The table itself represents the fellowship. It says, we should not forsake the assembly of the brethren. That means we pray together we worship together today, that as a memorial for his generation as well as ours. After that, you had the uh, altar of incense. The altar of incense, the priest had to go back to the brazen altar, get hot coals, <coughs> put it in the altar. When they put it in the altar, the incense itself, uh, begin to put off a aroma as the smoke would go up. As the smoke would go up, you had the middle veil there. When the smoke go over the veil, Jesus would smell the aroma from that. And when he smelled the aroma of that, it represents the prayers of all the saints. It represents Jesus as well, being our great intercessor. And then after the uh, altar of incense, you go into the most holy place. In the most holy place, you had the, <coughs> the altar covered. It was made out of wood, but it was overlaid with pure gold. Inside the uh, altar covered, <coughs> you had the uh, Ten Commandments, which represent the law. You had the pot of manna, which represent Jesus was a pro provider for the tribes of Israel when they left Egypt that they would have their sufficient provision. But the people rebel against them. It's there as a reminder. The same as the Ten Commandments was a reminder that they couldn't keep the law. But Jesus came to not to destroy the law and the prophet when it comes to fulfill the law. Then you had Aaron's rod. 
Aaron Rod had budded. When he had budded, that meant the first bud came on the tree. It represents Jesus by being the first fruit. And the resurrection, Jesus was the first one to rise. Therefore, the bud itself was there. And it was as a memorial to the people that God himself chose the priesthood. No one else. Corinth and some of his friends rebelled against them, and they met death. On top of the honor cover, we had the cover, and it was made out of solid gold with two cherubims on it. The cherubims would be facing toward the miller and touching in the center, looking down. The priest, the high priest, once a year would get all from the brazen altar, correction, get the blood from the brazen altar, come in and sprinkle one time, seven times around the lid itself. And as the cherubim looked down, they will see where God dwells, where God spoke to Moses. And they also, the blood stand for mercy. And the cherubim, as they looked at it, they were looking at the righteous and the holiness of God. Their, their primary mission was to take and maintain that position as in God and Eve. Whenever Adam and Eve sinned, God put the cherubims at the east end of Eden and they had a flaming sword to keep anyone from going in where the tree of life was. And for that same purpose, uh, they had the two cherubims doing the same thing right there. Because if anyone broke the law, did not follow God's pattern, they would be killed. The cherubims, they, that was one of their primary missions. God is our alternate sacrifice. When he was sacrificed once and for all, we have no other sacrifice to look for. I'm going to start at the gate. Before you enter the gate, you couldn't go in the gate any kind of way. You had to have a perfect, perfect sacrifice. Once you enter the gate, the priest would check the, the sacrifice to make sure it was perfect. Once you do that, he'll put the um, sacrifice on the brazen altar and he would slaughter it. And once that takes place, only the high priest could go to the laver. The laver was a water basin, a basin containing water, and that's where you wash your hands and your feet because your hands did the work for the Lord and your feet walked beside the Lord. Once they leave there, he would go to the um, holy place. The holy place there was a candlestick, which had seven branches made of almonds. Almonds were the um, fastest tree that uh, the oil in it would grow. And then you had the um, the candlestick, I mean the um, altar of incense, 
which is that was for to burn incense, and it had a sweet fragrance. And then you had a table of showbread. The table of showbread, um, the bread, the table represent fellowship. Uh, the table of showbread contained uh, held twelve cakes, which represent the tribes of Israel. And there was two rows, six on each row. And then you had the, um, then you go to the holiest for holiness, and there you had the ark of covenant that contained the Ten Commandments, it contained the manna, and it contained the uh, Aaron's rod. And then on um, the Ark of Covenant, it had uh, a lid to go over that, which was called the mercy seat. And once the mercy seat was, uh, the priest would sprinkle blood over the mercy seat once a year to atone for the sins that they could have missed out through the year. And after the mercy seat, you had the, um, you know, when Moses prayed to, um, to God, he was uh, above the mercy seat. And then you had the cherubims that would go over the mercy seat. And the cherubims were from one end of the seat to the other end. And that was for protection. Um, I'll start with the courtyard. Um, the courtyard was surrounded with white linen which represents the righteousness of God um, because we have to be righteous to come before God and um, it also had uh, sockets and uh, they were silver which represents redemption Uh, so we had to be redeemed because our sins our iniquities separated us from God Um, and also a a brass a bronze which represents judgment Um, and so something had to take that judgment upon itself, like the children of Israel had to look upon the serpent on the pole. Um, and so after they rep, rep, realized that they needed to be righteous, they needed to be redeemed, and that, you know, judgment had to take place, then they were ready to come to the gate, um, which represents Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by him. And so... The gate was overlaid with uh, the colors blue, which represents heaven, purple, royalty, kingship, and um, scarlet, which represents the blood. And so uh, they were ready to enter in now, and then uh, they would come to the the brazen altar, uh, which represents uh, it was a place where the, where the priest would come. And and he would offer up the the sacrifice for the atonement of their sins, um, and so he would take the he would take that sacrifice and grab it by the head, and and look at it, and he would recognize that it should have been him. You know, the animal was taking his punishment, um, and he would put the the blood upon the the horns of the altar, which represents power in the blood. Um, and the, the Lord said that uh, he given them the blood to make atonement. He said that it's, the, it's the, uh, the, the blood that makes atonement for, for the soul. And he's given it to them upon the altar. Um, so they would make an atonement for their souls. And that altar represents Jesus Christ um, because it says he was uh, that final sacrifice. It says by the which will he's perfected forever them which are sanctified. Um, so he's he's offered uh, one sacrifice for all for us. Um, 
And then you come to the, the laver, which was a wash basin where they washed. They washed their hands and their feet um, unless they would die. And, and they would wash and see their reflection. They would look and see themselves, and they would have to be clean uh, to come into God's presence. And that water represents Jesus Christ, for, for he is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And we're clean by the word he's spoken unto us. Um, and we have to wash daily. You know, we're sanctified, but we have to wash to stay clean, to come before God. Um, and then so after the, the labor, um, we would come to the candlestick. Um, I, yeah, we would come to the candlestick, which is uh, uh, made of gold, and it represents Christ. He's the light of the world. It gave light in the holy place, um, and it has six, well, three branches on each side, um, and the one in the middle, which represents Jesus Christ being one with his body, um, and that we're complete in him. Um, and then we would come to the uh, the table of showbread, which is uh, a table that had uh, it had two different rows with six uh, cakes in it, representing the twelve tribes of Israel. Um, it represents fellowship with God, for Jesus said, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." Any man hear my voice and, and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. It also represents fellowship uh, with the church where they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking the bread and prayers. Um, and it's, it, it was also called the bread of faith, the bread of presence, because it was constantly before God. And they had to have fresh bread every Sabbath. Um, and so after that, it represents Jesus Christ because he is that bread. He's that uh, bread of life. Um, he said, your fathers did eat man in the wilderness, you know, and they're dead. But this is the bread a man can eat of and never die. And so then after we go from uh, we go from the table of showbread, we have the altar of incense, which represents prayer, you know, the prayers of the saints. Um, and it had to be going continually. Um and we're to pray without ceasing, and it would offer up a sweet, sweet smell. Um, David said, let his prayer be a, a, a sweet smell before God. So it's, it's the prayers of the saints that would come up before God. It represents Jesus Christ because he's um, at the right hand of the Father, and he's always interceding on our behalf. Um, and then we would come to the uh, Ark of the Covenant which is a place for God's presence. Um, and the Ark of the Covenant, inside of it, it had the, the Ten Commandments, the laws of God, which represented uh, the children of Israel when they said, everything that you said Moses will do. And they, they rejected it. They couldn't keep it. And then Jesus comes and he said, think not that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I came not to destroy, but to fulfill. And he fulfilled all the laws that they could not keep. And then there was a pot of manna, which represents uh, the provision, um, and they rejected God's provision. And uh, that represents Jesus Christ because he's, again, the bread of life. Um, and then there was Aaron's rod that budded, which represented how they rejected God's authority. When, when he chose Aaron as priest, his rod budded uh, out of all the 12 tribes. 
And it represents Jesus because he submitted to God's authority and God's will. And he is the resurrection and the life and the first fruits. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then uh, after the Ark of the Covenant, we have the, the mercy seat, which is, it was a lid, a cover on top of the Ark, um, where the priest would take the blood of the uh, the offering and he would sprinkle it upon the, upon the top. And Aaron would take a, a bull and sprinkle it for, for him and his household. And then he would take a goat's blood and, and sprinkle it seven times upon that mercy seat for, for the uh, uncleanness of the people. Um, and that represents Jesus Christ uh, because it says he was that high priest uh, and and he was that final offering, you know, that was that was made. So it represents him. And then we come to uh, the cherubims, the cherubims, which covered they covered the ark and they were uh, they represent the righteousness, holiness of God. And they were face down looking at that blood because they couldn't keep the covenant of God. So God had to have mercy on them, you know, so they would look down at that blood and see that God was having mercy because they couldn't keep the laws of God. And they, they covered the ark, you know, their wings covered, which represent protection uh, for the people as well. I'm going to start at the gate. Um, when you come to the gate, it was made with the colors of purple, which was for royalty, scarlet, which for the blood, and blue, which for heaven. And then you come into the courtyard, it was made of pure white linen. And then you come inside the gate. And inside the gate, you saw the brazen altar which was we had to take a sacrifice to atone for our sins. Then after that, you went to the labor. The priest had to go to the labor because they was bloody, and they had to, the labor was a, <clears throat> a bowl of water where they had to go wash their hands and feet. They wash their hands because they do the service of the Lord. They wash their feet because they walk with the Lord. Then after that, you had the lampstand. The lampstand, it lit up the tabernacle. And it represented Jesus being the light of the world. Then after that, they went to the table of the showbread. And the table of the showbread, it represents fellowship and it had 12 cakes of bread. It had two rows, six on each side, which represented the 12 tribes of Israel, Israelites. Then after the showbread, you went to the altar of incense. And the altar of incense, it represented prayer, where we would pray unto God. A sweet aroma would go up above the mercy seat, and God would know that we're doing just what he told us to do and how he told us to do it. Then after the mercy seat, I mean, after the um, incense, we go into the holy of holies. That's where we commune with God and we meet God meets us there. And in the holy of holies, you had the Ten Commandments, which God fulfilled the law. Then you had the manor, the pot of manor, 
were God fed the people, the Israelites, and then you had Aaron's bud, where Aaron's rod where it budded, and he was the chosen priest. Then after that, we went to the uh, mercy seat, and the mercy seat was a cover. It was over the uh, art of the covenant, and it's where the high priest would take blood and atone for our sins in case during out the year they did it once a year in case out in case once a year in case they have forgotten something they want to make sure that they had everything right. Then after the mercy seat, you had the cherubims, and the cherubims they read. They represent God's identity and righteousness of God. And they were the angels that covered the mercy seat with their wings. And when they covered the mercy seat with their wings, it was showing protection. protection. And then God sat above the mercy seat. I think we have three people left. And it's still not nine o'clock. Um, the, um, God spoke to Moses and told Moses, he gave him instructions that he wanted him to build a sanctuary, a place that he can dwell amongst the people. So Moses took the instructions and he took it to the people and he told the people what God wanted. And he told them to tell the people to bring whatever that they had to contribute. Only the people that their, house, their hearts were at was open and willing to give. So the beginning of the tabernacle was the gate. The gate is, represents Jesus. The gate was the only place to get in. It was the only entrance into the tabernacle. And that represents Jesus. The only way to get to the Father is through Jesus. Next was the brazen altar. The brazen altar was the place of sacrifice. The people had to bring in an animal, and when they brought in the animal to the priest, they put it on a brazen altar, and they had to put their hands upon the animal. And the animal basically represented them. Their sins went from them to the animal, and the priest accepted it. After the um, sacrifice of the animal was the laver. The laver was the place that before the priest could go into the holy place, they had to wash their hands and their feet to make sure that they was cleansed. And um, after they went into, after that, they went into the holy place. Inside the holy place, God had Moses to put three sets of furniture in there, and it was the lampstand. <clears throat> the lampstand was a, a piece that's go up in the middle, and it had three on one side and three on the other side. The lampstand represent, um, it was put in there. That was the only light that was in the holy place. And um, 
how it represents Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And then it had a table of showbread. On the table of showbread, the table was made out of Arcadia wood and gold. And it had 12 loaves of bread that was sitting on the table, which was split up into six pieces. The 12 represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Then they had the um, the the art of incense, the altar of incense. The the altar of incense represented the prayers of the saints. Then you went into the holy of holies. Inside the holy of holies, it had the art of the covenant. Inside the art of the covenant was a jar of manna. The Ten Commandments and Aaron's rod. The Ten com- the art, the um, the manna represented provision that God had given to the children in the wilderness, and it also represented the provision that they rejected. The Ten Commandments represented the law, and Aaron's rod represented the um, he was the chosen priest. Inside of there was also the mercy seat. The mercy seat was the top of the Ark of Covenant, and it was made of pure gold. Once a year, the priest would come in, and he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat to atone for the people's sins. The people would atone for their sins all year, but it was only once a year that, that the priest did it. Next was the um, cherubims, which was the angels, and they was made out of pure gold. And it was one on one end and one on another end. And when they went up, their wings went up together, and it represented protection. And another thing that they had in there was the, uh, the priest's clothing. So they made clothing for the priests because it was holy. She said, that's a little nugget for you. (laughs) It's still not nine o'clock and we have two left. Thank God holding back the clock. Okay, um, you have the courtyard, and it was surrounded in white linen, which represented the righteousness of God. And then you had the gate. You had to go through the gate, which represented Jesus. It's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Once you go through the gate, you have the brazen altar. It was square, had four horns on it, and they had to present that perfect sacrifice without blemish. They had to lay it on the altar and slid it um, from ear to ear. And once they did that, they had to go to the labor basin, and they had to wash their hands and their feet. They didn't have to wash their body because their bodies was already clean. Once they left there, they had to go to, they, you got to the lampstand. And the lampstand had three branches on each side, one in the middle, seven in all, and it, was like an almond tree 
and it had seven bowls and it had to have oil in it and the olive oils had to be, the olives had to be pressed and crushed every day and it had to be continually burning every day and it was in a dark room and it provided light and Jesus is the light of the world then you have the table of showbread and you have 12 cakes and it was divided into two six of each and it had frankincense on the bread and the table represented fellowship and the 12 was represented the 12 tribes of Israel and then you had the altar of incense and that's the prayers of the righteous and Jesus is always interceding on our behalf then you go into the holy of holies and you have the ark of the covenant in the ark of the covenant you have the ten commandments the jar of manna and Aaron's rod and on top of that you have the mercy seat they had to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat it was made of pure gold and they had to do that just in case they missed something throughout the year there was two cherubims made of pure gold they faced each other the wings came out touching each other and their faces was looking down on the blood We got one minute and nine, so I guess you go, Eunice. That's everybody, right? Okay. Okay, I'm trying to remember. I got it all discombobulated. But uh, um, <clears throat> as you entered into the gate, um, the gate was, the gate is a representation of Jesus Christ. Um, you can't go to heaven any other way but through Jesus. Um, it talked about lengths and widths of the curtains, and um, it talked about the colors, which was uh, purple. Purple represented um, royalty, and scarlet represented blood, and blue represented heaven. And it talked about the curtains that were linen, talked about that. Then after, ooh, I'm so nervous. So um, then you went to the altar, and when you went to the altar, it had to be the perfect sacrifice that you brought to the altar and there was different things that different people brought to the altar and you had to hold the head a certain way on the altar and you had to know that that could have been you and that was the perfect sacrifice um, okay. so after the altar, altar then you went to the laver and the priest washed his hands and his feet cleansed himself from all of that, from sin, is what we do when we get into the word of the Lord. And then you enter into another area, which was uh, where the candlestick, I think it was one, the middle one represented Jesus being the light of the world, and then the three on each side were the, were, were the people um, that he was interceding for. And then you had the table of shoe bread, and it was uh, it represented the 12 tribes, 
and it was six on each side and the table represented fellowship and the bread had to be changed out every seven days fellowshipping together and also you had the altar of incense and there was um, certain scents you had to bring franken and myrrh and they put that on the altar and that scent I mean that um, that oh that scent went up as a sweet aroma unto the Lord and then you went into the um, Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant had three items within it one was the manor and it represented um, how God made provisions for the people when they were in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights also how they re it was a reminder of how they rejected what he had for them and also um, there was Aaron's rod and it represented that he was the chosen one because it budded um, there was some opposition of people saying that you know they were the chosen one but his rod was the one that budded so they knew he was the one and the Ten Commandments um, it was the law that was given that they may go by that they should that they would have that they went by and it also reflected to them that they didn't always go by those laws and then on top of that you had the um, the mercy seat and this is where Aaron sprinkled the blood um, on top of the um, mercy seat for the remissions of our sins once a year to make atonement for it. And over it was the cherubims, and they were protecting it. Um, and it was crying out, mercy, mercy, um, the blood that was sprinkled. Um, the cherubims were, was protecting it, um, like in the day whenever... Um, that oh. Oh. Lord have mercy I can't think of the people but anyway it was a protection of of that um, did I leave out anything nope okay. amen um, we're going to close but I'm going to let Athea come up and tell you about what she was digging up quickly so she can get this off her chest. Um, when we was going over the teaching, I went to doing a little digging about why when remember when david got the ark back from the um uh Philist, i want to say the palestinians philistines and uh anyway when he got it back remember he put it on a a new cart and how when the guy reached out to, when, the, when the ox stumbled and the, the man wasn't it uzziah he reached out to touch it and he died and i was kind of like david a little bit you know he was trying to protect it but you're not supposed to touch it, right? Because, number one, you're not a priest. 
And it was outside of the will of God. So it let me know that when you're outside the will of God, you could die or other things could happen to you, die spiritually, or while you're in the mess that you're in because you're outside the will of God. So in my little digging that I was doing was that the way God had him to do it when he put those rings there and he put the, the, the poles that it was supposed to be carried and only the priest was supposed to carry it. Well, the reason when David did what he did was because when the ark was stolen and that was taken, that's the way they carried it. They didn't know God's law. They weren't his people. So that's why they carried, they put it on a cart just like David did. But that was outside the will of God. And when the ark would go into different places, when people would take it, and remember when it was in the temple with Dagon and Dagon fell, and then the next time they put, stood Dagon back up, then Dagon fell to pieces. So they were like, get this ark away from us. And then people looked in it. They died. Why? God is holy. He's righteous. You don't touch God's stuff just like you don't touch God's anointed, right? Because sometimes people die. You know, when you put your mouth on people, we're, you know, we're all God's anointed also. And also, um, they, God caused the, the men to have tumors or what do you call it, emeralds, in their secret places from the small to the great because they had, that, they had the Ark of the Covenant. They weren't supposed to have that. So they're like, get this thing away from us. But you want the presence of God because they didn't know God. And it's the same thing with us when we know God and we know his presence, but when certain things happen, we're like, I don't want to be in the presence of God. But when we follow God's order and the way that he would have things to go, that's life. But when we go outside of the way that God wants us to go, that's death. And that's when I found out why the guy died when he touched it. You were touching something that you weren't supposed to touch because you were outside of the will of God. Doesn't this teaching show you how the church is out of order? People are being pastors that weren't called to be pastors. People um, going into the fivefold and God didn't put them in the fivefold. They put themselves in the fivefold and they're wondering why things are not happening. So that's why we got to stay in place. Amen. Do we have any announcements before we dismiss? Rico? Cliff, you have something you want to say too? I believe you can wrap it up for us, Cliff. Wrap up the teaching which everybody has finished, I believe. One of the things that stood out to me in the um, process of all of it, trying to catch my breath. I wanted to say it from my seat, so I'm going to walk up here. <laughs> but um, one of the things that stood out to me when God gave Moses all of those detailed instructions, I was like, well, Maybe they're just going to get together and put this thing together. <laughs> but um, read on a little further. I said, well, God is a God of excellence. So he's just not going to have this stuff. 
thrown together. And I thought about how, you know, when he showed you, like Kim was saying, how you didn't base it upon the opinion of people. You based it upon how God showed you and how he told you to do it. And I was like, well, God, how in the world in all of the camp and all of the 12 tribes that Moses know who to get? Then you read on a little further, and it was talking about how God told Moses out of all of those people. Um, and according to Exodus, I believe, 38 and 26, it was talking about how it was 603,550 people. And that only included the men that were 20 years and above, 20 years old and above, not even the women and the children. And it didn't even include the tribe of Levi because they were put in um, charge of the servicing of the temple. And he told, God told Moses, and I'm paraphrasing, don't even worry about it because I've already chosen, you know, who's going to build this tabernacle. He told Moses that there was a man by the name of Bezalel, and he said that he was the son of Uri and Hur, and you will find him in the tribe of Judah. And he said, there's another one. His name was Aholiab, the son of Ahishamek, and he was from the tribe of Dan. And he said, God, he told Moses, I have already filled these men with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for the building of this tabernacle. And he said they would be joined by other men that had wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for the building of this tabernacle. And I was like, look at God. How did all those people, Moses didn't even have to scratch his head. He didn't leave anything undone. He told them how, and he told them who. And I was like, well, how did the people know what to bring, you know? But Moses told them what God had told him. And he said he only wanted the ones that had a willing heart. And then that's when they brought all of that stuff, the gold, the silver, the brass, the goat's hairs. What was it? Ram skins that were dyed red and uh, um, a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, blue, scarlet, purple, linen, um, the oils, you know, um, the incense and the ox stones that went in the ephod of the priestly garments and everything. And I was like, God is a God of excellence. And so that's what we're, we're really supposed to be walking in, the spirit of excellence. Amen. And do y'all see how when uh, we was talking about earlier in the teaching, like I said, Rico wasn't up in here, but uh, <laughs> the men that God chose to do the work, he chose them to do the work. This is why churches are so tore up because people are putting their self in position. God didn't put them in and trying to tell other people what to do. And that's not their position at all. Do you see how people bucking people in the church? Because they feel like I should have done this and not this one. But when God give me somebody to put over something, it's not for the people to decide if that person should be over that or not. And that's how the enemy come into the camp. When people are trying to take people out of position that God is putting in position and they're withdrawing their hands. The stuff, Rico, that they got, they got it from Egypt because God had already prepared um, the people to bring it out of Egypt with them. So he knew what they had need of it. 
for that tabernacle and it's the same with us God makes provision for whatever the need is so if I say this is what we're going to do nobody should say I don't have it because whatever God is saying God's going to give you provision for it because we walk by faith and not by sight it's not what you have in the natural it's what God has already provided in the supernatural church toe up church toe up now everybody can see why things don't happen accordingly right oh god is good i have one final thing i'm gonna do next week i'm not gonna tell you what it is so just be ready for it and please show up because i'm looking at everybody please show up for the final what you call it finale amen come on let's give god glory and sister niece you have an announcement